This week, MLS returns with the tournament in Florida with Wednesday's matchup of Inter-Miami and Orlando at 7 p.m. and Nashville versus Chicago at 9.30 p.m. Summit Brewing and Pence Homes are partnering with Blackheart to sponsor the games. Every match you watch at Blackheart will enter you in a drawing for some jerseys, gift cards. Summits are going to be $5 all month, and the first five people to ask for it during the 8 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. game get an a two-for-one offer. Compliments of Pence Holmes. Same goes for the 11.30 a.m. weekend NWSL matches. So the good news is that the bar has been super quiet since reopening, so there won't be a ton of folks be there at all. Um, And so go to blackheartstp.com to reserve a ticket for the Minnesota United Watch Party Sunday, which has just um, 50 seats available, which is like 25% of the the whole building. Um, Anyway, so... That's the deal. Hopefully, we'll see you out for the MLS tournament. Hello, and welcome to the 55 One Podcast. This is a special episode uh, where we preview the tournament that may or may not happen. My guest today is uh, Jeff Reuter, a writer for The Athletic, former co-host of, it says here, the 551 podcast, I believe. And uh, so, uh, Jeff, welcome back to the show. Uh, let let me start by asking you, what's it like mm. being a sports writer in, during a time without sports? <laughs> it's... um. Uh, I, I've definitely upped my podcast and radio guest appearance rotation, yeah. which is great because I haven't had a show since uh, I, I we, we consciously uncoupled on the mm-hmm. 55 one podcast. So um, now I just hog everyone else's airwave. I, I call it the Bruce McGuire. And I think it's actually a really good tactic. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't know, man. I mean like covering sports, it's, you're not covering sports, like nothing I've really written. I, yeah, there's some nostalgia pieces. There's some, um, really just that actually but for the most part it's covering like pandemics it's covering race relations in america it's covering um i don't know business like it's you you find the tangential stuff which i guess makes me more hireable in five years when the industry goes under again and the men miss the world cup a second time but until then yeah, to stay stay a soccer writer is, uh, until you can. You got to make sure you 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 get uh, the right angle to make sure you're you're the one sent yeah. to the World Cup though. So figure that out. Yeah, I can just be like, look at how I was talking about how USL players should get more MLS offers. That means that I'm a really good yeah. labor reporter, and I can talk about yeah. workers' rights. And then suddenly, like, look at that. Thank God. Yeah. Well. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I have um, unfortunately, well, not. I mean, I guess unfortunately for anyone who writes, I've like purposely just like not read anything um i've just been like like soccer is dead to me in some ways um but now i'm like starting to finally get back even though i'm like producing a weekly podcast but it's like uh you know it's for a while what i was doing like music and just like trying to avoid it um so uh i'm i'm glad to have you here i we are going to talk about um we talk about a little bit of minnesota stuff we're going to talk a little bit about the tournament or a lot about the mls tournament and then uh, i want to ask you about um usl stuff uh because you are that you've kind of made usl kind of your thing with the athletic um um and so uh but let's start with the this stuff before the craziness part, I guess, is the, the, the lightness of a watch hashtag, um, which is that uh, Minnesota's pursuit of Emmanuel Reynoso continues with the, the club apparently back in uh, for him for something like a $4 million deal. What, what can you tell me about that? Do you, what do you know? Um, you know, it's, it's not a lot that's changed in that situation. I think that, it was already at this slight details, I think was the the phrase that Jeff Carlisle used in his ESPN story. Or maybe that was that was a quote from Adrian Heath um, that it's now slight details. But that was the exact sort of answer that they were both publicly and privately through other sources. I was hearing um, about where the talks were in February. So it's not like they suddenly say, okay, well, we got through initialing page four of the contract where it asks him to uh, fly his dog immediately after Choco watch. Like there's no like stipulation as far as why it's further along. Um, The numbers haven't changed much. Uh, 
I mean, it, it, you can call this a full coincidence and I'll probably take it at face value, but that came out about an hour after myself and the MLS uh, COVID cup anonymous accounts had tweeted that someone tested positive from Minnesota United. Um, oh. So the timing of it was a little bizarre. Um, Conspiracy but theory, other than I like that. that. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, like it's, he's a, like it's, it's, um, it's kind of Benedetti 2.0 in the sense that it's a player that they're very interested in. It's a club that understands that they will have to sell the player at some point. Yeah. And it's just kind of a game of chicken until one or the other is more powerful. Should we just text Mark Fangmeyer now and just ask him where everyone is? Uh, <laughs> I recorded a special segment just for him. So I don't know. There you go. Um, the, the, um, the Minnesota United Academy, we talked about it on this podcast last week. Um, I'm wondering if you can kind of give me what your understanding of, of uh, how that went down is. The Academy thing? Yeah. Um, it's so, so I think there's still a lot of information that I'm getting and that is publicly being made aware um, in real time. There was a, a really good update on some of the post dissolution conversations that Manny Lagos has had with parents. That was done by Eli Hoff over at E Pluribus Lunum. Highly recommend you check that out if you haven't yet. Um, but in it, you hear that there was a conference call on that Thursday, right after the athletics report came out that, that those were the staff also involved in the furloughs. Um, and Manny had a conference call that afternoon where he was talking with parents who were obviously frustrated, not getting information. Apparently a lot of parents heard about the Academy hard pivot through the athletics report. So there are a lot of unanswered questions. There has been no messaging that was given or anything in advance. Um, and conversations since then have been nothing but uninspiring across the board for parents. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking, and again, this is also coming with the, the backdrop of the, the Bill Reynoso transfer negotiations where these numbers are getting thrown out. And I think Carlo threw out, yeah, like you said, $4 million, $5 million, somewhere in that range, for, mm-hmm. depending on the percentage stake. Uh, and, and now they're hearing it probably takes $2 million to run an academy, and why is that suddenly not worth it to an MLS club? Um, yeah. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of questions about what the plan is. There is no active plan. I can tell you that... Um, MLS is expecting Minnesota to field U13, U15, and U17 teams if they're able to play a 2020-2021 academy season, which would start in September. Um, Again, everything is taken with a grain of salt with timelines in the COVID world. But if they didn't have teams, whether it was an insufficient number, whether it was having two teams, so the 13s and 17s, or it was not having a team at all in any level and not having coaches to coach, the lack of team, then there would be sanctions. And this would be unprecedented in MLS uh, over the last 15 years. And I think MLS is still figuring out what they would be threatening uh, at this point. And that'll be very interesting as well. Yeah. And one of the weird things that, that came up in that was that um, I think Manny was saying that, you know, they need to have something. And so they will be doing what MLS requires because this all comes in the backdrop of the USSF uh, dropping the DA and MLS picking up the academies. MLS is now requiring them to do certain things. And so they were going to cut the academy system and still have some sort of uh, whatever MLS tells them. But it, it, it seems to me odd to cut everything before that. I guess they were probably coming onto a time where these kids were needing to try out for other teams and they didn't want to prevent them from doing that. But it's just I don't, I don't know if there was anything that methodical about it. I think that there was a part of it where it was we will prolong this kind of state of having five full-time staff and that's the whole academy as long as we can while in the background we're trying to figure out what we do about retaining tim carter moving on from him as the academy director is his role too close to manny lagos's current role as the chief soccer officer um that's something that only they can decide because only they know what a chief soccer officer does um yeah. So, so I think that there were some kind of questions about how his role would fit anyway. That was a conversation that was going even before Manny's role change. But then you're also yeah. looking at, uh, I mean, outside factors, uh, again, like the pandemic and 
whether or not you're going to participate in the new format, not knowing MLS format, because that league isn't crystallized yet. Uh, there are still some details that they're trying to figure out in terms of the schedule, who plays who, how many teams do you let in, how many games are you scheduling a year, are these tournaments, are you traveling week by week? All of this sort of stuff is still up in the air in MLS's side. And Minnesota is also saying, okay, well, if we don't know, there's no way they can pull off this tournament in two months, right? So why are we... You know, let's just let's do it now. I think that that was a big part of it. Uh, and, and look, players don't know how they can transfer clubs within MLS. Right. Uh, they have not been given any sort of information on that, too. So I think there's still a lot of questions about whether or not they even would be able to make another 2020-2021 team. Right. Yeah. Uh, so none of us know anything and it's all messed up. So that where we're okay, yep. great, cool. Twenty twenty. <laughs> That's um, the whole podcast. That's the, the, other, the other um, specific thing to Minnesota is that um, Ike Capara has stayed home from the tournament. He kind of announced on Twitter and said that um, uh, that he had kind of some pre-existing stuff that he was working on. What can you give me any insight into to that, or or just what you read on Twitter? Um, I mean, there's, there's more to it. I, 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 I think at the core though, regardless of the detail, two things can be true. One, it could be a very bad idea, not speaking specifically about Icopara in this particular case, but for somebody who has this concern, there's no justification necessary to pull out of a tournament like this. And I, I know that you agree. We've talked about this before, but if this is, if you think that you are at like an increased risk, don't go. Yeah. Full stop. That's yeah. fine. But on the other hand, it can also be true that even with this uh, thing, which I won't go into details about, it's not my place, sure. um, which may be going on with Ike, right? Or, or why Opara cannot travel for this. He could still be playing under normal circumstances when there isn't the pandemic, when you are going market to market. And it's not something where it's like, yeah. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, it's not something where it was like his whole career was going to be put on hold no matter what. It yeah. is specifically that he, like many of us in the world, may be at a greater risk. And so going down to Orlando, Florida, to Orange County um, just doesn't make a lot of sense. And again, this is a player that Minnesota United was looking to load manage a little bit better in 2020 anyway. Uh, and, and I know that he hasn't played a single game since March, but... I, I think that you can also look at it and say three games in eight days or whatever it's going to be for the group stage. Maybe that's also not a risk that needs to be taken. Yeah. Um, so uh, Heath, it seems like said that he, that Ike might be, that he's hoping Ike might be available for the knockouts. Is um, I, so when I read sentences like that, I, I kind of like roll my eyes. I don't know if that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, read sentences like that very closely either. Um, I will say, I mean, Adrian Heath is like a, a reporter's dream of a, a coach because he will actually talk anytime you have a question. He will say something that's more than just like, no comment on this. Ask my assistant. Uh, you know, we're, we're just focusing on our game Saturday. He's not going to go to those platitudes. He's actually going to address your question with an answer that's related to varying degrees based on, I mean, what the question is uh, with his answer, which is great. That's perfect. I love that. But he will rejoin us for the knockouts. Like we, no one knows what that looks like. Like we know that like Robbie Robinson, the first overall draft pick, remember the, the, the super draft. That's still a thing that exists. Miami drafted a dude named Robbie Robinson. I could have made all of that up and you would have believed me, but um, I don't, I don't believe you actually. It doesn't sound real. It was seven years ago, but Right. Uh, he did back out, though, and he won't be allowed back. Like, it's something yeah. he said, like, you know, it's not related to COVID. It's a family related thing. But yeah. in a week, I might be OK. But once you leave the bubble, you can't go back. Which and no one really knows. Does that mean you can bring them into the bubble after the isolation period? How does all that work? So I don't know. Which is funny. That That's different than what I thought Christian Ramirez's deal was, because he was con uh, obviously concerned. Um, he, he's going to have another baby. And... Mm -hmm. um, I was under the impression from him, I think, uh, that he was going to be able to go leave for the birth of his child. But uh, now he might be able to leave. He just wouldn't be able to go back to Orlando. Yeah, I I believe that, that was the impression he gave me that he could go back. But but it was like it's been a lot of confusing things, you know, and like, sure. Sure. look, Houston aren't going to do that well. So and and uh, he continues to be in not a great situation in terms of getting play there. So. Yeah, go right. go sit on the bench, try to get in as sub, and then be like, all right, I gotta go. 
Okay. Yeah, or maybe just say like, look, I look great shirtless now and I'm in Orlando, so I'm just going to take my shirt off as many times as they'll let me in these unprecedented times and see if that leads to unprecedented success. Who's to say, right? <laughs> my dude, Who's to he say? looks good. He looks good. So, um, so good. <laughs> I do, I'm sorry. I just, it's like, it's weird when it's a player that you've like watched for like six, seven years and like comparing him to, this is not the point of the podcast, but like, we don't talk about soccer anymore. So we're just gonna talk about Christian Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know, like 2014, 15, 16, like I know he had always talked about it. like, you know, yeah, there's still a little bit more fitness I want to do. I'm working on working on it. And now he's worked on it. Are there, are there like photos that I've not seen now? I'm like, like going to the, the, well, I mean, just I like compare it. And this is not like a diss on 2016 Christian Ramirez who already looked better than I ever will look. Let's start with that. But 2016 Ramirez post Cosmos goal, when he whips off his Jersey, gets the yellow card worth it. One nil win at Nessie compared to like 2020, rejuvenation video of Ramirez. That is the visual embodiment of the difference between an NASL striker and an MLS striker. My dude, you got to share these videos with me now. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I didn't realize there was a trove that, uh, that I had not been discovering. <laughs> so I'm going to go, well, everyone go, uh, look for, find your best, uh, shirtless Ramirez, uh, uh, photo and, and tweet it at me. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk, um, th- this actual tournament, which uh, we've oh, started right. yeah, getting yeah, yeah. there. So FC Dallas has withdrawn. They um, that that news. So we're recording on a Monday night. That news came out today. They had ten players uh, and one staff test positive. I ten believe. players and two staff. There was a secret staff member that was thrown into MLS's announcement. <laughs> because we knew about 10 and one. Okay. And, uh, and most of these yeah. players are, are uh, starting players or, or main team players. Um, what so I want to ask about that the status of other teams and generally sure. this question which is what the hell is going on? So we record this on a Monday night, which mm-hmm. means by Tuesday mid morning this will all be dated. Right. Sure. Yeah. That. I mean, but um, even no matter what we record this week, it's all going to be dated. So might as well just make it dated. That's the That's great. Save the date. Uh, I yeah, it's it's a mess. It's all a mess. I think that. Again, one of these things can be two things, sort of things. MLS did outline some very meticulous, careful, comprehensive guidelines when they were drafting up this tournament in terms of travel timelines, isolation, testing protocol, quarantine spacing, all of these things. They did. The reality is, since people have started reporting, which began with Orlando City and San Jose, went into the bubble together, super Mm -hmm. cute, Um, they have been in there for, I think, like two weeks now. And teams have trickled in, especially for that first week right after that. For those six or seven days, there were a lot of teams who were reporting, and then suddenly teams stopped because there were positive tests in the bubble. People were concerned about it. Dallas exploded within its little quadrant as well. Um, and once that happened and the bubble's been perforated and you, you can acknowledge that either DFW airport carried it, the test that they took before their flight didn't catch it yet, or they got it in the bubble. None of those are good answers because it's already gotten into the bubble. So teams have not gone, which now means that there will be some teams. Colorado Rapids flew out on Monday afternoon. Their first game is supposed to be on Sunday. They're not going to have the full week of isolation and quarantine before they play a contact sport. That's going to happen with a lot of different teams um, even sooner than Sunday. So, I, I mean, it's already a mess. It's already not going to be what the league works so hard to refine and make watertight. And so that's when you start to get players who are very concerned about their safety families who are incredibly concerned about their their, their player boo uh, a lot of different um a lot of different teams where you're actually questioning like okay how many is too many is it because they hit double digits where suddenly that's the magical threshold where you say okay this team isn't worth keeping on um or is it three and suddenly you have you know nashville today i think it's up to five or something on nashville like do you suddenly say okay well they can't go well nashville shares a floor with sporting kansas city so you're concerned about sporting kansas city um I don't think this is the end of the major yeah. changes to the tournament, Wes. I really don't. Yeah, it, it it's really. I've got many thoughts on this. One is that I, I do want to just put out. This has been my hobby horse all week. Everyone's blaming that. Oh, going to Florida was a bad idea, and like literally, we have no evidence of Florida actually being the problem. The bubble, we have not seen a problem with anything getting into the bubble once they got there. The problem is. 
whatever happened before and then once they were there it like spreading or in transit spreading all these things Oh yeah, yeah. Turn, oh, no. Open Let me. Bottle. Sorry, I'm yeah. just uncorking this. So fun, fun story, Wes. Uh, when we first podcasted, it was on the Two yeah. United Fans Tough Cast. It was called then. Mm-hmm. Um, now they call it soccer. Then they called it Tough Cast. Mm-hmm. And I brought a bottle of whiskey, which was a Michter's Rye, which you drank a fair amount of during this. This is when I said Brent Coleman had an MLS future. Mm-hmm. I brought a Michter's Rye. Oh, oh, and I've got my fifty-five-one. Uh, pint glass that I'm drinking bang out of. Getting misty eyed oh. over here, just two grown married men crying. It's like we're the national. Oh yeah, <laughs> just let's uh, let's put on some national and let a vein. All right, um, uh, what yeah. was the question? I, I totally don't know, lost man. It. You have a lot of thoughts so about I, this. You had a lot of thoughts. About yeah, I just oh, Florida's not the problem. I, I also want to. I want to. Let me. I had this thought while you're asking. What what team would you go into the bubble with? Who would I go in the bubble with? Um. If I just want to focus on soccer, I'm going to choose Orlando City because, wow, they've done everything that they can to ignore this pandemic. And, like, they've been putting Nani out in front of every single TV crew they can find to say, I feel safe and taken care of in this tournament's great. So if I just want to, like, willfully be ignorant, I'm choosing Orlando City. Who do I actually want to go into this with? I mean, it's probably, like, that's a very good question. Um, Let me give you a few options while you think. Because one of them is you could go in with Montreal. Montreal, you've got Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry is going to take care of you. But also, Montreal is Montreal, and it's going to have some real, real world season two San Francisco vibes to it with just some real explosion and hatred. Um, so that's like one option. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to kind of marry these. Speaking, you said San Francisco. I'm going to say Vancouver because if there's any coach who's going to be taking COVID so fucking seriously that he's like, you cannot leave this room or we will lose on the field and you will bring dishonor to your families, whatever. It's Mark Dos Santos. Is it? So plus he's got plus, the drugs. That you've come from Canada. Drugs. You've come yeah. from Canada, yeah. which means that you felt good up until then. So you're coming in probably Tabula Rasa. I think that I'm going Vancouver at that point. Oh, all right. Okay. What about uh, you? Yeah. Um, oh, let me think. I'm just thinking, damn, I can't even remember players right now. <laughs> so all I can remember is coaches because last week we were talking about which MLS coach would make the best stepdad. Um, so all I'm thinking is like, you know, like if, if I, like if, if Brian Schmetzer was the head of my bubble. If I was in the bubble with Brian Schmetzer, he'd bring Brian games, he'd bring games my and he'd have like uh, s'mores, whatever, because he's got super mm-hmm. um, Cub Scout uh, pack leader, uh, whatever, den leader vibes but to like him. Like really forward. Th- you saw that he went for their send-off thing, whatever, he was wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Oh, like he is really? like oh. very outspoken Cub Scout. So like the best kind of Cub Scout leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that uh, th- think that or Boy Scout. I guess he's he's we're we're not Weeblos anymore. So um, yeah, Branch. I think Seattle Sounders plus Miguel would be there. Uh, that that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go right. Seattle. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna play a new game show that I just created since you don't know players. It's called Name the Guy Who Does Not Play for Inter Miami CF. Oh, okay. I'm going to give you three names. One of them does not play for them. One of them I made up. You tell me who the fake dude is. Uh, you can think on it for a little bit if you want to. Sure. For listeners, I'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. Your choices are A, Dylan Nealis, mm. B, Ben Phillips, or C, Grant Lillard. Oh, all right. Everyone take a minute to think about it. Um, I'm going to say, I know uh, Grant Lillard sounds familiar. And um, what was the first one you said? Uh, Dylan Nealis. Dylan Nealis sounds like a stupid enough of a like uh, suburban kid who went to Indiana University and then got drafted. I'm going to say he's real. And then whatever you said, Ben. Ben Phillips. Ben You're Phillips right. Fake. Yes. He went to okay. Georgetown, though, not Indiana. Oh. <laughs> he would correct you on that, I bet. Oh, my God. There's oh these kids these kids these days uh, um, I I do like that game so thank you for introducing it so um, I want to do this so let's pretend that the crazy part of the tournament goes away and the rest of the tournament happens let's say like because NWSL right um, kicked off with the stupidness in in Orlando dropping mm-hmm. out and since then it's gone fine and I think that um, right. I think you know I think about 
uh, Minnesota United or any of these teams. And I do think about like the on on our Patreon Slack, there was definitely someone who was like, "Hey, I just saw two of these Minnesota United players at Cub without a mask," and uh, I think like how stupid that is. But that there was a lot of that, right? And then someone gets it, and then they fuck up their entire they they infect everyone, um, yeah. and they should be shamed for life. No, um, mm-hmm. but but then like once you're there, the bubble like. When people are talking about, oh, well, like hotel workers are coming in, but like when you're, none of these players are like hanging out with the cleaning staff or anything like that. And then you're not staying at the right hotels, Wes. Oh, I'm apparently not. (laughs) All right. um, So, anyway, I want to go to this, which is um, what do you make of the tournament? Who's the favorite? What groups do you want to talk about? And then I want to talk about Minnesota and and their chances. So, I'm not going to talk about Group D. I'm gonna, yeah, let's let's save Group D because that's the one that like I don't know. It's the three teams that you confidently know the most about if you're a Minnesota United fan, right? right? So I'm gonna skip Group D for now. Sure, for now. Um, I'm also gonna pull up the groups in real time as we talk about. Yeah, games. me too. <laughs> well, we yeah, don't know. So the one thing that we obviously don't know is what <laughs> will happen with Dallas, and there's going to be so Group B is what Dallas was in with Seattle, Vancouver, San Jose. Yeah. You assume and that game had already been pushed back, yeah. Which is, uh, which is helpful. I mean that they're they're going to have to figure whether it's Nashville, which is the, the the common assumption, assuming Nashville doesn't become its own Dallas situation. Um, they would, in theory, be able to move over because they're a Western Conference team who is only moonlighting in the East for numbers. Yeah. But you can move that five four 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 four, which could work very well. Um, so that's yeah that that could be an option but we don't know so again as of monday night we are recording this with six teams in group a and three teams in group b um i think that there's a sneaky fun group that i actually haven't talked about or written about ever which is group c i actually kind of like group c is toronto new england dc and montreal because you have like two legit well, one legit rivalry, one of the best rivalries in Major League Soccer, Toronto-Montreal. You have D.C. and New England, two teams that were like jockeying for fifth place in the East forever over the like the last 10 years or whatever during the Juan Agudelo versus Steve Birnbaum era, which I think might still be going on. Um, A really sexy, so that's kind sexy of, rivalry there. Right? That's the, the, uh, Agudelo-Birnbaum is one, Heineken, that, one that fills... Heineken signed its yeah. rivalry week deal off the back of the Birnbaum-Agudelo-Darby. Um but I mean, that's like, that's kind of fun. I don't know. That seems like one where all every matchup will be competitive, which is what I'm looking for at this point. Um, I think that Cincy Columbus in a group is fun. Atlanta, New York is infinitely more fun than having Atlanta and Orlando or New York, New York city. That is much more fun. So for the East, I actually like the East groups. I just don't think the East is as good as the West. Um, True. Christian versus LAFC might be fun. I don't know. That sounds like if he gets minutes from tab, that could be a fun little 30 minutes. Yeah. I think I feel like, um, yeah, he gets in there, scores a goal and just like, yeah, pulls a shiv out or something like that and gets take, takes, up. takes his shirt off to say like, look again, as heard on the yeah, yeah. podcast, Christian's like, God, they really love my abs. All right. I gotta, I gotta give the people what they want. They really do. Yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to think if I've seen Miguel without his shirt off or with his shirt um, off. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess I without his shirt off. Yeah. yeah that's his, not quite true. Um, no, I, I mean, man, I gotta, I gotta really, Look up more of this. These the replies uh, to the tweet with this episode are just going to be shirtless yeah. pictures of Christian Earth Miguel. If you do, listener, yeah. do not type anything. Just post yeah. the picture of them. No comment, and let's just see what happens. And then, Maybe I'll, they'll find and then I'll just, I'll, I'll just, uh, we'll, I'll just throw them all in the DMs to Christian himself. I'll, I'll DM him <laughs> pictures of himself. Um, uh, it's so, so they, they, anything stand out to you? Do you like the format? Let's start with that. If this happens, do you like the format? Um, I think it's fine. I really just like, like, I do not give a shit at this point. I just want soccer. And I know that mm-hmm. that's stupid. And I know that, um, oh, that's fun. you know, the, it's like, why very, would you be like so hung up on a format? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, um, they fixed, they did a little bit of a fix, right. To, to allow, um, is it like group a will have four, the, 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 the top three, three teams advancing instead of two. Yeah. The, the run that had six 
as of Monday. Yeah, and and um, I think that that's good. I, you know, my general contention, I put this on, on a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, is that this tournament is perfect for MLS in that it is set up for something batshit crazy, which which is not, it, you know, it's very similar to, right, like any group stage, right, um, uh-huh. World Cup or, or Champions League. But it's set up, sure. because MLS is so crazy, I think like something like FC Cincinnati um, winning the group is not the craziest thing I've ever heard, right? Or like For sure. Atlanta getting third in the group and then going on to win everything is completely right. within because there's it's we don't know what uh, shape these players are in and um, and they're all going to be in various levels of like well they've been keeping fit but none of them are match fit because um, none of them you know Minnesota United and, and Columbus were supposed to have a, a, a scrimmage and right. uh, apparently Minnesota instead did an interest scr- scrimmage or whatever uh, interest yeah, seventy minutes and right. there was there right. was uh, what was the, there was some sort of vague reference to handbags happening between the players <laughs> I mean just like. <laughs> There's like everything's crazy about this, right? So like Orlando City winning this tournament is not the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like there's you could tell me any in some ways Yeah, in some ways the craziest thing about this would be like LAFC winning every game. Mm-hmm. That would be the craziest and maybe now it is actually with Vela out. Um yeah. but like that would be ridiculous because it would be like, oh, LAFC versus Atlanta in the final. Like how did how did you actually pull that off? Like yeah, I, I mean, would be, if it is a Seattle-Toronto, uh, it would, would, would be IXB versus Montreal Impact. No, that's Eastern Conference. Versus Philadelphia no, but they'll find a way to jump the bracket because yeah. it's Major League Soccer. Like, I feel you. I feel you. There'll be the wild card teams. Yeah. There'll be too many teams in the East. Montreal goes out to the West, and they win. Yeah, something like that will happen because it, it, it is just, like, fully batshit crazy, and I think, like, Real Salt Lake are going to win. But my prediction at the beginning of the tournament or a couple weeks ago was that Atlanta would get third in their group, and then they would go on to win it. That's just okay. my, that's, that's the stupid level uh, I'm at. But like, yeah, if, if you told me Montreal impact win this, I'd be like, Oh yeah, right. That sounds good. Yeah. What's the, what's the craziest freaking scenario that you can come up with? Uh, uh, the craziest scenario is where Houston and Portland advance out of group F and neither the galaxy nor LAFC finish with enough uh-huh. points to qualify. Okay. That is like, absolute doomsday scenario in terms of viewability because you lose Chicharito, you lose LAFC, who's your most marketable team, even without Vela. Um, I mean, it, it really is that like Atlanta also finishes fourth, even though Joseph's already out. But if your most marketable stars are out and you're really doing this to try to drive a TV crowd and you're trying to like rally them around the prospect of watching Franciscan Francisco Calvo in the Chicago fire as your big marquee, like you're so screwed from jump. Gotta, um, gotta get so, those Calvo fans yeah. out there. There's, there's three of them. They're still there. They're um, still there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, all right. That's a that's a good crazy scenario. I think uh, I, I I think I can I can buy that. Um, what about Minnesota United's chances in Group D? Um, we've got Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado Rapids, and then Minnesota United. Um, is it fair to say um, that, that Minnesota United should expect to that Minnesotans should expect the Loons to uh, advance out of this group? Yeah. Oh, they absolutely should be expected. Um, I, I think that if I'm just charting out. When you're when with a tournament like this, with a year like this, you have to rely a bit heavily on 2019 results. And if you're just comparing 2019 plus the first two of 2020, Sporting Kansas City doesn't hold a candle to Minnesota United, and that's before Felipe Gutierrez is out for the year. So I am 100% here to welcome Gianluca Busio as my lord and savior, and he just takes over and runs Rickshaw as the new creative playmaker, uh, both for MLS and then the U.S. Men's National Team. But I don't think that's realistically going to happen in a group with RSL, Colorado, and Minnesota against him. Yeah. Yes, losing Ike is going to be massive, and that's actually going to be a fascinating case study in the group stage of like how much of a part did he play? Because I think a lot of us, um, I mean, you saw it with the Defender of the Year vote, but a lot of people assumed that the biggest reason for the turnaround wasn't Metnair, wasn't Minone, wasn't even Ozzy. It was Ike. Yeah. 
And if they suddenly go back to shipping in two to three goals every single game against some of these attacks, like RSL's attack sucks. Sporting Kansas City hasn't had a ton of time to get Polito ready with it, and Colorado's is very young and unproven. And if they're able to score like six, seven goals in the group stage against Minnesota, like that's the best thing that could happen to Ike's like repeat candidacy if they have a season after this. Worst thing is we're losing Golden Boot race leader Ike Opara. Um, I think I think That's you're true. totally right. It, it's a great question. So let me ask you this: um, We obviously have Michael Boxall, who I think uh, on this show we've talked about a lot. How we've uh, the, the hosts on this show have come around to him. I think he's improved a lot. Um, some of that is playing obviously next to a better player, but I think that. I think that even when you saw Ike go out, um, Boxall was able to. I think Boxall just got better, um, mm-hmm. and it was just uh, maybe it was because like when he was asked to be the main guy at the center back, um, we weren't. It wasn't a such dire straits. Um, but Boxall will be there, obviously. And then you've got um, uh, Aha, um, Aya, mm-hmm. Aha. Is it Aha? Aha. Okay, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, and then James Musa uh, can can fill in. Brent Coleman would be available after the um uh group stage yes so um i mean uh aha and uh and so is that what it's gonna look like my first thought is that i'm probably regretting the omsberg for edwards trade right about now yeah um and i think that trade there's i still have some real questions about the merit of that trade um but I, I think that, yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at AHA and Boxel, and it goes back to the question of, is Boxel a guy who can anchor an MLS defensive back four? Yeah. Uh, and, and that has never, ever been proven, because even when he was the team's best center back, he wasn't seen as the team's most important defender. That was always uh, Francisco Calvo. So, um, and I, I know that we just, like, just totally riffed off that guy, but like he was, he was the guy. And even if it, I mean, like you look in the center back partnership, he says opening more whiskey and it's, it, it's like, who is the guy and who's responding yeah. to the guy. And regardless of how they were playing in 2018, you had to respond to Calvo because he was the right. captain. Yeah. So it will be very interesting to see box award, the armband, I think once in 2019 and the team played pretty well. I think it was a cup game, but it will be interesting to see how it goes uh, with, with Aha, who did not play in the first two games, if I recall, who joined the team pretty late preseason two, for that matter. I don't think he was a late game sub. I think it was like Dotson both games and someone else. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be very interesting to see. Uh, Musa is not a center back. He is a defensive midfielder who can, as you said, right. who can play at center back. So that expectation is a little bit steep um can billingsley has he played center back at all do you know he can play there yeah he can play there he played there a bit in college um and and he at least just again this is like the the travis clark scouting report uh which is all anyone has for super drafts so shout out (laughs) travis clark um but he he is like a more defensive minded right back which in theory is a modern center back yeah alex just some coaches Alex Schieferdecker is, is just at home, just 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 scr- like screaming at about Wyatt Almsberg. I'm sure, or he's doing that. He's uh, he's actually reenacting the um the uh, um, X Men Wolverine uh, meme, where he's just he's just looking at a, a frame picture of of Wyatt Almsberg. Uh, oh, what could have been? Uh, Brent Coleman uh, has he is he fit? Is he ready to come back if if he's called yeah. upon in, in the knockouts? Yeah, I mean, like, so in a weird way, one unexpected benefit is that Brent was supposed to be able to train with the team in preseason. Closed door scrimmages could play open to camera scrimmages could not. There were like no open to public scrimmages. So I think don't think that was an issue, but he would have had to go back to kind of the suspended state where you're not in training uh, for the regular season. But because none of this has been regular, he has been able to get reps Mm. and hang out with the team. He's already down in Orlando. Um could I think he was playing like beach or like pool basketball with four of his teammates in a team video they tweeted today. So uh yeah, I mean like he'll be able to play and I'm sure that'll be a welcome relief. If nothing else, just playing again the same center back partnership three games in eight days was this might be off? nice to have Brent come in right was, at that point. Was his shirt off? What do you think? Oh, oh, <laughs> yes. I, I, yes I, I, it was. Yes it was. Let me let me go. Oh yeah, there we go. 
Ladies That's and gentlemen, who, who do we have here? We've got Boxall. I can got, see the reflection ooh. of Wes's glasses, yep. which is great. So I could tell he was finding this tweet, and I tried to there ramp long enough. Yep. We're not here. No, no, hold yep. on. Hey, give me a sec. Let me just take a, take a moment. Because um, <laughs> that's what this <laughs> podcast is about. Um, all right. Um, so, Minnesota, we should expect them to get out of the group, even with the defensive uh, weirdness there. Um, uh, Luis Maria still going to get his 25 goals this season. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I, I, I accept your prognosis. Um, I want to ask you now about uh, the USL, because the USL is back this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to kick off. Is that for real? Is that like, mm-hmm. tell me about this because you like i mentioned before like usl is kind of one of your things it's like uh you know um sam stashkel and, and paul tenorio are just always getting all over the mls stuff and you're like i'm gonna do the usl stuff um and so yeah. tell me about the league what's gonna happen they've got like they're gonna have fans in the stands what what is all yeah, this about yeah, right. tell me about it uh, yeah so it's um the championship is Coming back first. So if if you haven't paid attention to the USL since Minnesota United left the NASL and you were no longer playing them every single time the uh, U.S. Open Cup started, I don't blame you. Um, The NASL is like the kid who peaked in high school and the USL is the one who kind of struggled through college still, but eventually found a groove right at their senior year of college and then has been totally fine ever since. And we're probably just entering, we were before COVID just entering the senior year of college, I think for the USL. Hold on. I want to, I want to interrogate this. this. What is MLS? What is MLS in this scenario? MLS got a job on Wall Street at 25. Oh fuck that. MLS. I fucking hate MLS now. I, get it now. I feel I feel very <laughs> USL now. Okay, so so yeah, sorry. There we go. Yeah. Which is still very successful and usually stable or whatever. You can you can justify that however you want if you love MLS. I don't I don't I've never met a person who like heart hand to heart like worst loves MLS. I think everyone, and that's just sports leagues in general. It's really weird. When there were times stand where lots of us did, and and it's it's just gotten much harder these days. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Anyway, um, so the USL Championship is the second division of US Soccer. Third division of US Soccer is League One. Ford Madison's in that division. Um, fourth division is a ton of leagues like the NPSL North and a million others who are yeah. not professionally sanctioned. Um, the USL comes back this weekend. They come back in 35 markets across the country, playing in their home markets. Uh, I think 10 clubs have already gotten clearance and committed to hosting at least four figures worth of fans for games. You have a game being played at the Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah this weekend with over 5,000 fans expected to come in attendance to watch Landon Donovan coach a team that he hasn't been able to coach in a game meaningfully for four months. You are going to have a new stadium opening in Louisville, Kentucky that will have I think about the same number, if not slightly more fans uh, for to christen a brand new gorgeous stadium uh, while trying to stay six feet apart while they're hugging themselves in satisfaction. Uh, you will have a mess. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I, How much do I really need to explain this to say that having thousands of fans in a sporting venue is a terrible, terrible fucking idea in July of 2020? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's wild to me that it's, it's going forward that way. Um, uh yeah, it's it's just it's weird to think about, but um, I guess uh, so. USL is going to come back. What is that uh, season going to look like? Is it it's it's extremely truncated? I assume um, uh, they're not trying to remake re- redo all the games they were going to have, right? Right. So the first game, or in a couple of cases, two games of the season still count. Okay. Um, teams will play a total of sixteen games. Okay. They will play, they're mostly in groups of four, so they will play 12 games among that, so home, home, away, away, against every single team in their group in theory. It sounds a lot like the 2017 NASL schedule, if you think about it. And then you will have um, it's a deep four cut, kind of buddy. at-large That's games. A deep, great deep cut. Very, very deep cut. Yeah. Um, 
then they will have four games at large. So this also takes care of, okay, what if I played a team in week one that's not in my group? Okay, well, that's one of your four allotment, whatever. Make the math work, you get 16. They're in these groups, eight groups across the country, four per conference. Top two teams from each group advance to the playoffs, which they're thinking of playing in October and November. And then you will have the uh, USL title winner hosting joyously in a crowd of tens of thousands of fans in November of 2020. and so USL League One, which is the only league we care about because uh, Ford Madison's in it, um, right? Uh, what's their deal? Even weirder, actually, because they just straight up were like, "Okay, you're going to play every team in the league multiple times, except for one team that you will never see in the league." Um, so, like Union Omaha drew. I don't know how they figure this out because it's not all geographical, but they will never play against the B team of in- my favorite team in the country, by the way, uh, Fort Lauderdale CF. What? This is. Have you seen my tweets about this? This is my no. like absolute favorite team in the American what? soccer landscape. What is this? No. Fort Lauderdale CF is Inter Miami's B team. They did Should not be. announce an individual branding besides Inter Miami's MLS affiliate until February twelfth or something. They did not sign a single player until two weeks after that. A week before that, they announced that technical director or sporting director, I can't remember his title, Jason Christ, would also coach this team. It is like the least thought to about team in professional men's American soccer. And I just respect the hell out of that, like scrambling to find your car keys and your backpack sort of, uh, meticulousness about building this team. And I can't wait to see how it goes. It does. It does make you, you know, for all, for all the criticism I have Minnesota, Minnesota United, like at least in their like uh, complete unwillingness to do whatever other people do, they yeah. like they don't just randomly do dumb things because everyone else because right. your peer pressure. Um, they just do dumb things because they really fundamentally believe in dumb things. So so USL team USL League One teams will skip one team in the league. They will play one team like their their regional rival, I think they're calling it. It, it was so yeah. forced. It was so worth sending a screenshot, but like their schedule is gonna be pretty much the same. But they're, they're not going to have the fans in the stands, are they? Mm-hmm. Oh, so can I go to a Ford Madison game? I mean, can you? Uh, if Bree Stevens clears it, you can. Oh yeah. My God. All right. Yeah, because I know that we just made fun of people going to stands, but um, constantly <laughs> I've been like, with the those thing, people, right? That's the whole thing about this is that oh, if uh, if it's uh, not fucking Ebola, I'm going. Right. Like, of course yeah. people want to go. Yeah. Of course people want to go to the games. Of course people are going to be like, oh, I haven't left my couch for like four months. The first thing I want to do is go to a soccer stadium, which is going to like boost my morale and all of this stuff. But like, come on, it's not, it's not safe. Yeah. Like, you know what? It, it can't be. There's, there's no way you look at the decision to put 6,000 fans in Sandy, Utah in close proximity and say like, I'm really glad we did that. There's no way that that's the end game. Yeah, moral of the story is though, I do it. I know I'm stupid. Buy those coins. Yeah, so that's like fascinating to see all that stuff back. Um, I um, I I don't know how any of these teams are going to make it or do any of this. COVID times is crazy. I've I've like tried to like not criticize how or what uh, people do in COVID times because it is like mm-hmm. very fucking crazy. Um, and uh, and you just like survive any way you can without being a dipshit, you know, the, the, the non dipshit version, you know, caveat of that, that statement. Um, and so um, one thing I I'm curious about is like, if it actually will prove worth it to, you know, it, it costs so much to open the stadium to have, uh, concessions or anything, you know, ticket people that if, a quarter, you know, if, if, if only 5,000 people are getting in, if it, that actually can be worth it. Um, right. You also feel terrible for teams like union Omaha, right. Or like, or even inter Miami, right. All these teams were national, right. This mm-hmm. is, they're coming out and they like, it got, you know, it got screwed. Like so many things in COVID, right. Just COVID like sure. COVID is the great shitty equalizer, right. Everything's shitty not fully equally. Some things are shittier, but everything yeah. is at least partially yeah. shitty. So there's there no nothing is untouched by the shittiness. Um, and and uh, and so you know we're here to uh, to to dissect the the levels of shitty. 
Uh, well, well, Jeff, yeah. um, that's like that's all I have. I, those are, wait, no, no. See, um, We're I, no, no. I've I've got a question actually. So, um, this is from a, a uh, someone from Patreon um, who wants to know what the differences are between covering MLS and USL. Uh, what what those oh, are? Is, so why do you cover the USL more than Minnesota United? Question. Yeah, yeah. Veiled is this veiled like that? Well, Steve, uh, I think that uh, just a guess. Just. A guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, so like, look, the, the USL, it's the, the access level is very different when you're in the stadium. Like I watched the USL championship final, their MLS cup, whatever they used to call it USL cup. And then for whatever reason, they made it a way worse title last year. Um, and I was watching the entire game, like in front of the fence. So not even like leaning over the fence, whatever, like everyone would do at Nessie, <clears throat> but in front of the fence, right behind the goal. And like the final touch of the ball in that tournament final was me shanking a return ball to David Ochoa of Real Monarchs, future U.S. Men's National Team goalkeeper, I'm sure, uh, because like I was about to try to like first touch it back to him, and he looked at me like, what are you doing? And I just kind of like, uh, off the toe. And then the whistle blew, and that was it. And like if you watch the feed, you can see my <laughs> shitty, shitty first touch, and it's great. That's why the USL is great during normal times. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I mean, it's like it's a real professional-ass men's soccer league it's, I mean, you've covered the NASL, like lower division soccer in America is insane. And there's let me, weird stuff all the time. Well, 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 we're going to that. Let's let, let me go into the Wayback Machine. Tell, remind me Let's of the, the, um, the boy story. No, he didn't call you a boy, the kid. The, the, um, Sakati, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, he was the owner of, of, uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Right. Tell me that story again. Cause I have a terrible memory and I always need people to retell me stories I lived through, but, but this was like the, cause you were like, when you started with us at 55, one, you were a kid, um, I was a 15 year old intern. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, uh, but you, you were writing about, tell, tell me you, you, I've actually, I've started referring to myself in conversation as a Northern pitch homegrown. Oh yeah. And yeah. like, one in 10 thinks that's hilarious and nine in 10 are like, Oh, what's a Northern pitch. Yeah. And I just have to like go through this whole history thing, which is yeah. fine. Um, if you, if you don't know what it is, then like read a book, read a total darkness and then you'll know what there's, Northern no, pitch there's is. no books about Northern pitch. Complete darkness, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. one yeah. There's every one year book that, that mentioned it. Yeah. 2016, uh, Fort Lauderdale strikers are not paying their players anymore. And I've got players reaching out to me, which is right. weird. Cause like, I'm like, I just started covering the NASL like yep. two weeks before that I'd reported Richie Ryan's transfer. So it's not like I was like, I don't, I don't know, like someone who was like established as like covering the lower divisions or whatever. They're but the there, was none of, there was only like four of us writing about NASL. And, yes. Yes. Yeah, and like yeah. three of us were at the same website. <laughs> right. Which is great. Just um, Neil Morris. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then like he was still have us on his podcast. It was yeah. really nice of him. Yeah. That was very nice. He's great. I missed that podcast. Yeah. Um, point being, Fort Lauderdale strikers, Fort Lauderdale strikers, stop paying their players. That's different than Fort Lauderdale CF. I need to pay, like, yeah, clarify yeah. that I'm not talking about my favorite club, Fort yeah. Lauderdale CF. Right. Um, Other favorite club. They, my yeah, lifelong since <laughs> the storied beginnings, yeah. 2020. Um, so at a certain point, we're about to put this report out. We reach out to the club. We do the due diligence. I'm reporting this out with Brian Corstead. Um, and as he will tell you, like, it's a lot of him telling me how to be a reporter in real time when you're tackling like a club facing story like this, where it's not just like breaking player news or coaches news where it's like, Oh, text that, make sure it's fine. Good done. Um, so I'm at BQ's house. And I think at this point we'd opened no, we were about to go for a beer and we went for whiskey on ice instead because it's been going a while <laughs> and we were finally ready. So he's like, okay, I've got my call. We're going to put on speakerphone with this guy who's the, the managing director for a lot of the strikers, Luis Ciccati. Um, And then I'm going to put my recorder right there and we're just going to listen. Jeff, you do all the talking, whatever, but we're going to be here. And at a point I'm just like, you know, hey, so I just want to say, you know, was this due to a lack of planning? this whole thing. Like, is this because you didn't have enough money in the accounts or anything? Like, why did you not pay your players for three consecutive checks? Mm-hmm. And his answer was uh, lack of planning. Not really. Um, and goes into this whole thing and saying that the first two delays lasted 24 hours. The third one was a four day delay. And then he said, I'm not downgrading this situation. I understand how serious it is. But when you transfer funds from Brazil to the U.S., it goes through a process to make sure it's not illegal. Is it a lack of planning? Not really. It will be the last time it happens. 
Um, this report comes out. Team gets lambasted to an NASL scale by its fan base, which again, to an NASL scale. Yeah. Um, and then Luis Sakati puts out this tweet that's like, uh, it's not nearly as bad as, what do you say, that boy? No, I think he called you kid. He did not call you boy. That would have been way weirder. I think it was kid. I'm I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm gonna find this. This isn't complete anymore until. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he uh, he said that BQ thankfully stood up for me, and um, two weeks later they missed payroll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, Which was yeah. only funny because they made up for it eventually. They had to. Um, and yeah, uh, the team folded within yeah. months. I mean, they, they, those were those were crazy times. It's, that's why it's fun to talk about USL, where it seems like it, the the level of um, bat shit is definitely lower in USL. There's still lots of kind of uncertainty, um, but the, the the kind of would you wait? Would you find you it found the, the tweet? His tweet was all resolved, not a systemic issue like the kid is reporting. Focus now on five games in thirteen days, which is even better. I should see how they did in those five games. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the the level of batshit is is way lower in USL. Um, uh, you know, I guess that's the the difference between Bill Peterson and. Um, whoever the hell is in charge of USL now. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, uh, I, I guess, I guess the, it, it's like a level of professionalism as well that, that USL has, which is almost a little bit um, disappointing, but at least the, the great, the part about USL is that it's not crea- creating the, um, the stupid uh, um, Jersey shore drama. Instead, it's like cr- it's mm-hmm. creating a situation where you've got places like uh, forward Madison. You've got really cool stories. Um, Louisville is a great story. Um, I think Union Omaha, I, I'm, bummed that they didn't get the the start i would love right. to next summer go down to a game there um uh you know getting yeah. getting some of that stuff that stuff is fun the stuff we always dreamed about as as soccer fans from from the aughts where we spent so much of our time thinking about what would it look like if we had nuts pro rel but like all a team in every city um and and getting to see that is is a lot of fun and getting to see you know you covered you you went down to Omaha for their um unveiling and and getting to see that kind of stuff come up and and see how way more professional it is you know you yeah, Omaha yeah. even even compared to like Indy 11 who you know I have so much respect for and, and love uh, it, it's just like a different different world the scorpion. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I mean, it's a different world than like. Yeah, it is not. How long ago was it when? That was 2012, probably right. 2011. Oh, no, no. Yeah, Sting oh. was Sting was um Sting was unveiled. Uh, um, Chris oh. Ramirez. That year. 14. Then. So 14. So it's crazy to think that six years that's ago, so the the darling of lower division soccer was San Antonio Scorpions, and um. No, it must have been they they launched before twenty fourteen. Broke. I just no. It was. Yeah. I think it was twenty fourteen. I think they only played like three years and so, moved to FC. Yeah. So um, no, because we got uh, anyway. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not going back through. But like the darling, they, they announced the mascot that year. That's what yeah. it was. They had a new mascot. The team yeah. existed already. The darling of yeah. them was uh, was the darling of lower division soccer was the Scorpions. And that is like crazy to me because they had so many fans because they gave away tickets. And like the difference between that and the success stories of 2019, even like just like five years later, four years later, it's, it's kind of wild. That was it. That was just, you have fans there. Amazing. And then it was, um, Sacramento, which is, Whoa, you had a lot of fans come back. That's a, incredible and then you had minnesota with the whoa fans are interested in the lower division while you're going to mls eventually but not yet that's incredible and so that changed the calculus and then it was like cincinnati which kind of was doing the same thing nashville tried the same thing to a smaller scale um yeah it's i mean louisville now like louisville built a 65 million dollar stadium with no intention to go to mls yeah that's that's that unbelievable um, all right. Well, I won't. We we literally could do this all day. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> it's, it's 
really fun. You, you know what? I mean, we could. We could. Yeah, yeah. We could. We'll just, um, I'll, I'll, I'll turn the record off. Um, but uh, <laughs> thanks, man. Um, I appreciate so much of your coverage for The Athletic. You do such a great job. Everyone should go subscribe. Uh, it keeps Jeff in a job. It keeps uh, the fact that we've got um, someone who is not only telling us the crazy stories from USL, but is um, when things are normal um, doing so much uh, uh, Minnesota United coverage. So uh, it's like three cents. It's basically like um, pick supporting Jeff or like uh, the, the random, like, you know, what were the, in the 1980s, you could, you could like send a dollar a day to a, to a, starving child yeah, in Africa. Yeah, I mean like feed the kid first of all. Jeff, Jeff, but apparently I called the kid, right? So yeah, maybe, you can do maybe. both. You can feed the starving kid in Africa oh. and Jeff. Jeff needs feed to Jeff needs more whiskey. That's that's his thing. That's um prepared. but yeah, uh but you thank bet. you so much. Anyway, that's that's the whole point. Um everyone else, uh if you can make it out to MLS at Blackheart, you can't it would be great to see you. Um I uh, have have like changed my scalp mics off in, in Pennsylvania for the month so that I could be there all the time and uh and lots of people are like yeah they're they're okay they're fine with grandparents the way you phrase this like yeah they're just off in harrisburg somewhere uh but no i mean uh um the 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 uh uh mls games are going to be basically like me and five people watching uh if i'm lucky so it's been such a covid times are weird but if people are not ready for the bar i totally understand uh but uh uh, Jeff, I hopefully let's find a time you and I when we can watch one of these stupid games. That sounds good. Yeah, right. Thanks All for right. having me. Thanks, everyone.